Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. Dan Strafford here with Dr. Andrew Tempty, the author of The Balancing Act. And of course, uh, you can check out andrewtempty.com for all new information. Uh, today, Andy, we're, we're jumping into the idea of trust in the workplace. We are continuing our journey on trust and accountability. Trust elicits a lot of feelings, I think, for people. Um, outside the workplace, if you were to say, I trust you, or I, I I trust that you believe this. Is that is that a shared experience for people? The word trust and what it means as just sort of the general construct between two people. It really depends, I think, on the level of the relationship. The relationship. Yep. Um, certainly, uh, a spousal relationship, uh, a marriage. Is, uh, is, is one of the deepest uh, that relies on, uh, on, on a very deep, very emotional uh, level, uh, level of trust. And in the, in the workplace, uh, that trust, that the definition of trust, I think shifts uh, just, just a little bit. Yep. Uh, and the reason that we're putting trust and accountability uh, together is that they go hand in hand. And if, uh, if I routinely miss deadlines, don't provide you the work product that allows you to do your job uh, effectively, the trust and the reliability of the relationship uh, and I and the, that that word reliability, you know, let's put that together with trust, because it's the it's the repeatability, the reliability of the working relationship um, that you know it's and 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 but but to back to the emotional side, yep. there are these feelings of betrayal right. that start to. Uh, uh, well up inside of us when Jimmy, Billy, Stevie, Susie routinely uh, don't uh, provide the work product or the relationship as, as one side has defined it uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to be. So I, I, I and I, and I got this from uh, counseling uh, that I went through with my, my dear wife, Linda, but uh, trust the construct of trust as a ladder. Yep. And and I just really want to start this episode off grounding ourselves that trust is very very emotional, irrespective of how uh, mechanical you want to think about it in in the workplace. There are going to be emotions that are going to be attached, and trust is a ladder, and you can you know walk up the ladder as, as, uh, as far as you can, but you, you, you miss that big deadline. You, uh, uh, make somebody feel uncomfortable and it's real easy to go right back down to the bottom and you've got to take it one rung at, uh, at, a, at a time. It makes so much sense. And even, uh, the step when, when you talked about the ladder, someone holding the bottom of the ladder, right? You're going up to uh, you know, do the leaves out of the gutter or you're painting your house in some way or you're putting in a new light bulb somewhere, the trust that someone's going to help you and hold that ladder up and, and be there to help you go rung by rung as we go up it. Any further details there at the, from the ladder, ladder metaphor? Are we ready to jump into trust in, in the business? 
Yeah, I think, you know, just just that mental, you know, everybody, almost everybody's been on a ladder and you and you understand what what it means to go all the way back down to the bottom. And then, you know, you can't, you don't, the, 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 the part of the frame that I think is most important here is you don't miraculously jump back up to the right. top of the ladder. It is, uh, it is one rung at a time, uh, take, taking two rungs at a time. You're just, you have to be an expert roofer <laughs> to, to take two rungs at a time. It just does not work that way. And think about trust in that, methodical rebuilding of trust is important. Why do you think trust is so important in business? Like what, what's that, the key thing here that we need to discuss? Yeah, it, it, it stems from history. Uh, in our last episode on accountability, we talked about legacy management styles and the annual performance review and the lack of transparency that, uh, that, that exists. And we've all had that, or many of us have had that manager who's just really good at the gotcha moments. Uh, like you're on uh, Face the Nation or something and the, the reporter's gonna have that gotcha moment. And in, in business, those, uh, those gotcha moments have been prevalent in our past and they, and they still exist, uh, exist in business. And, and I would also just point to the general structure of a hierarchical man management system. There are things that senior leadership is not going to tell the rank and file uh, of the business. There are things that uh, are not going to be fully transparent uh, to, the, to the entire organization. Uh, you have teams, this team and that team, they have different goals, the goals might not be aligned. And there's just this built in us versus them or me versus, uh, versus this other person. And, and then we, we, we kind of mix into that stew the concept of competition and uh and and not competition uh outside uh the business but competition within the walls of the business where billy and susie are competing against each other or team one and team two are competing against each other uh, for resources. And if that's not done in a constructive manner, then uh, trust is really, really hard to establish. I think you already started driving down into this, but what are the primary drivers of mistrust, organizational mistrust? How do we as managers, as employees, as businesses get it wrong in sometimes such a spectacular way? But but what are some of the, the drivers of, of mistrust? Yeah, I... I I'm, I'm, I'm writing my next Saturday morning news today, and I'm talking a lot about communication and, uh, the, and the water cooler. Uh, now, we're living through a pandemic, and a lot of people are working from home, but the informal communication mechanism of the water cooler uh, uh, still, still exists, and so much waste gets generated at, at, at the water cooler. Conspiracy theories, you know, you just, if, if you don't know exactly uh, what, what, what is happening, then people start to, uh, start to talk. And especially 
if the goals of this team are not aligned with the goals of, of that team, or as we talked about before, the incentives of this team are not aligned with, with, with team one, not aligned with team two, then you've got a real formula for disaster uh, as, it, as it relates to trust, because you just, you, that internal competition is going to uh, be established by almost by definition and uh and building trust between those teams is going to be really hard so what i'm hearing from you is that trust is hard right trust is hard to establish it's hard to get to that place where everyone's on the same page in a way that trust can really flourish um, how, how can leaders create that environment where trust is able to grow and flourish over time yeah it, it it's communication, communication, communication. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of leaders don't like to hear this. I, I didn't like to hear it. Uh, that, gosh, Andy, you're not communicating enough uh, to, to the organization. And that really bummed me out because I felt like I had said it once, twice, three times, uh, maybe a slightly different way the, the, the second time I, I, I said it. And I was always just totally befuddled that, uh, that the message uh, didn't get across and, and somehow the water cooler got a hold of the message and twisted it uh, into a form that, that it wasn't in, intended, uh, intended to be. So uh, step number one, communication. And for uh, and the higher up you get in the, ma the the management and leadership ladders, the harder this becomes because the more ways you have to communicate and the the more it, it is painful. Don't get it, it. It is not easy to communicate, communicate, communicate. The second thing is actions have to align with those words. So you've said it, you've written it, you've podcasted about it, you've, you, you know, you've, you've done all the things you need to do, but then if you walk out the door uh, or, or, or put your pen down and then go do something else, your people are going to see you doing something else and the actions don't align with words, uh, align with words and, and trust erodes. Uh, so I, I feel very strongly that a stewardship mindset where you take the me out of, out of your, your leadership stance and instead make it about us and make it about the long term uh, of, of the business. Uh, communication, in, frankly, in that environment becomes easier. It becomes more culturally uh, part of just what you do. And, uh, and transparency uh, is, uh, is, is easier. And, uh, and, but, but I'll go back to what we said last, last episode. Kind of the forgotten aspect of all of this is incentives and incentive structures, incentive structures that are easy to understand, uh, that align across across departments, put those aligned incentives uh, structures in place. Then everybody starts rolling uh, together, and you can you can then have an environment where trust uh, can can thrive. It makes so much sense, and and trust communication go hand in hand, as you're saying. And 
the ability to trust that you're being communicated with in a way that you are getting all the information and the way to communicate that you are trusted and, and are trusting other people uh, just seems to be such an important part of, of so much of what we're talking about here. Um, before the, the show, you did mention something about a mindset that you'd like to promote, something you'd like to share. Uh, can you share it uh, with uh, everyone listening today? Yeah. So that is the mindset is that of an optimistic skeptic. Uh, and I, I know that might seem like a weird phrase, but so many of us come into situations believing that the worst case is going to be the norm. We've been, we, we talked about PTSD uh, managers uh, doing the, doing the, the, the beat down and, uh, and really uh, creating a, a lot of emotional waste uh, in, in, the, in the business. But if we come at uh, political, business, operational, uh, community issues, first as an optimist, and then look for the things that can go wrong, because it's really important to uh, not just be a, a blind optimist and, uh, and not be looking for uh, the things that can go wrong. Uh, at least we've, we've walked in uh, giving everybody a shot and, uh, and having a positive attitude walk, walking in. And I am a walking, talking version of an optimistic skeptic. Uh, I, I try to look at, at everything I'm looking at first through an optimistic lens and then through, uh, through, through that as a, as a skeptic. Uh, and I, I find that, uh, that it's really helped. It helps with my mental agility. Uh, it staves off that fixed mindset that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that many of us ha have, a, have adopted. So if you're thinking about uh, how do I build mental agility, uh, how do I build trust in, uh, in, my, in my organization, uh, walk into, into interactions as that optimistic skeptic and let people know that that's, uh, that that's your mindset and, that, that's, uh, and that's your viewpoint. I will say I'm 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 one half of that. <laughs> I'm a skeptic by trade, but optimism not necessarily something I'm known for at all times. It reminds me of uh, a, a leader that I loved working for, Lauren uh, Thomas Tavel at yeah, Kaplan Test Prep. Um, Lauren was so amazingly empathetic and kind in conversations, even when you could tell she didn't want to be there or she didn't agree with what was being discussed. But the thing that she did, I think that threads the needle to what you're talking about is. She always asked, help me understand. And you could tell it was because she didn't understand or she didn't agree, right? Like, but she was genuinely trying to understand why you felt the way you did or why you thought the thing you were going after mattered. And it did two things. One, it let you flesh out the idea, right? Talk through it and, and try to get to a point where she did understand you. But it also tr made you trust that she cared about your point of view. It, it made you say, okay, she at least, it wasn't a no out of hand. It wasn't a, hey, that's not what we're looking at here. Hey, let's move on to something that's going to improve ROI or, or better the company. And that's, that's been my experience of trust is you're trusting me to bring something to you and, and be able to intelligently explain it and intelligently bring across why. The other trusting for me that I've been 
impressed in my career that I've maybe it's uh, the specific things I've worked on, but is, Hey, go try this. Hey, like, here's a project. I'm not going to look over your shoulder. I trust that you're going to do your best to our last episode accountability. You may crash and burn, <laughs> right? It may be spectacular, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to give faith in you that you can go do this. And I think so many middle managers, Andy, and I uh, love your opinion here as we close out, get stuck in that. We've talked about it before about their employees passing them, right? Becoming better at their job or becoming yeah. the manager or whatever it might be. So many middle managers get stuck in, well, I need to be involved in this. My name needs to be on this somewhere because Dan Strafford can't go out and perform without it being part of my world. Do you think that that ties into our discussion here about accountability, about trust, about giving your employees the, the room to understand and to grow? Yeah, it ties right back in with that concept of being a steward of the business. It becomes less about me as the leader and much more about uh, about us and that us is populated by uh, a bunch of me's who are looking to grow their skill and capability, prove themselves, and uh, hopefully ultimately surpass uh, surpass you uh, as uh, as 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 the leader. Uh, so I, I I I'm I totally I totally agree that that that's something that uh, that that leaders need to need to practice. And I'll, I'll just add that you have you should practice that with equity. So if you're if you're always going, if if I'm always going to Dan and allowing Dan the freedom to spread his wings and try something and crash and burn, but I'm lording over everybody else and looking over their shoulder, trust will erode uh, because everybody will think, oh well he, Dan is the is the is the teacher's pet here and he gets all the fun projects and, and, and what about me? So learning and growth and those opportunities to, uh, to, to spread one's wings uh, needs, to be done, uh, needs to be done with, uh, with equity and inclusion. 100%. Yeah. It needs to be across the board, the trust that it's not just one person. I mean, I'm great and all, but um, I don't need to be the only one who gets to, to crash and burn. I do it in a very, very spectacular fashion, but uh, Andy, a great discussion. And I think it's really laid the groundwork for the next episode and tease it here about how trust and accountability uh, play off each other, the balancing act between those two things and, and how we can uh, make them work in the workplace uh, for the movable middle, for the middle managers, for the managers who are trying to find their way uh, in the world. As always, you can find The Balancing Act on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure to subscribe. On Spotify now, you can start to leave comments and ratings. They just rolled that out recently. Uh, so get on that. Make sure you're sharing on your social media platforms. Obviously, LinkedIn makes the most sense, what we're talking about here, but uh, also Twitter, Facebook, all those different sites. We'd love to see uh, our listeners sharing with their friends. Don't keep this to yourself. Everyone can benefit from it and can really help to change uh, the way business is done. AndrewTempty.com, all the information you need on all the content uh, Andy and team are producing right now. And we'll be back with more uh, right here on the Balancing Act podcast. Mm -hmm.